Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert, the eternal desert. Eternal to us, anyway. Wet years and dry years, cold years and fire years, but it was desert when we were born, and it shall be desert when we are buried next to the septic tank. Go back about 8,000 years and the American desert still had a lot more water and a lot more green stuff in general. Wetlands, year-round rivers, denser vegetation, more oaks in the valleys, more pines in the foothills and mountains. The place I call home today has been the domain of a dozen cultures and political systems over the past 500 years. Early peoples defeated earlier peoples. Nations moved according to strength and resources. And eventually the hottest and driest parts of the desert southwest became home to the smaller tribes pushed out of greener pastures. Shoshone and Paiute people took root in the arid Great Basin, for instance. Civilizations like the Hohokam that grew up around the Salt and Gila rivers broke down and dispersed once the climate changed and the water dried up. The Pueblos of today's New Mexico were the city-state centers of power for some 500 years before the Spaniards showed up on horseback in 1598. The Russians and the French and the English and the people from the weird, violent new nation of America all claim their own chunks of the West. Skirmishes and wars were fought whenever beneficial to the business at hand, which is business, generally. Spain became Mexico. Mexico gave way to the California ranchos to the west. And finally, the gold rush gave the United States a reason to take it all. Everything from Texas to the Pacific Ocean. So it goes. Many years ago when I was working as a foreign correspondent in the town of Bratislava, there was a feature story that all the reporters loved to do. It was about this one old man. He was about 98 years old. I don't remember the details, but his claim to fame is that he'd been born and raised and lived his whole life in this one little village in Central Europe on the Danube and a half dozen nation states and kingdoms had ruled this land during his lifetime. So he had been a subject of the Habsburg Empire, Austria-Hungary, a citizen of a Nazi puppet state, 
a worker in the Soviet Union's Warsaw Pact nations, a citizen of Hungary, Czechoslovakia, and finally Slovakia, which became its own nation again after what they call a bloodless revolution. I was there on that long ago New Year's Eve in Bratislava, the last night of 1992, waiting to see if the crowds would manage to start a war. Despite both sides, the Czechs and the Slovaks, signing off on the political divorce and the split up of the household possessions. Now somebody smacked my old friend Matt Welch in the forehead or the scalp, I guess, and a, a trickle of blood had dramatically appeared on his enormous forehead and boy, he just would not shut up about it. You'd think he'd storm the beach at Normandy alone rather than getting a scratch during a night of boozing in the public square. Somebody gave me a Malcolm X hat for some reason and also a giant flag of the new Slovak nation, which would be a right-wing populist mobster state pretty much forever. I guess I talked some of these skinheads into giving me the flag. And so I wound up in this tower, its real purpose unknown to me, with the fireworks and the rockets bursting in air. And I was waving that giant flag around because what else do you do with such a thing? And I looked down and all these news photographers from the world's premier news agencies were gathered beneath me to photograph this pointless yet photogenic scene. Countries come and go, but the people in the places remain. Now they might announce on cable news tomorrow that this part of the desert is now the glorious republic of Naboo and the next desert over is the invincible kingdom of the skirms and what have you, whatever. And I'll still get up late the next day and I'll walk the dog at sundown and I'll make my car payment for as long as I have to. The bills do not stop. The financial system exists above and beyond the political maneuvers of mere mortals in our time. You always gotta pay the man. And even when they take out one man, there's always another one who will come calling for the money. But it will still be the desert. I have no allegiance to any land but the land I call home and all the neighboring lands I consider to be part of the package. The Great Basin, the Sonoran, the Chihuahuan, the Mojave, the whole American Southwest. Because what are you going to do? Leave? Ha 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 ha!
We've got Brendan Mays on the line. Brendan, I want to ask you about uh, this week here in the high desert. Hey, Ken. Uh, thanks for calling. Everything's going great. Really looking forward to 2021 and getting it done. That's going to be my new motto. 2021, let's get her done. I'm looking at the radio station website here. And it looks nice like... website you guys got, by the way. Really enjoy all those local ads. Here is this story about a rally that was held, apparently in response to what happened at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday. Ken, you're talking about a, a protest? Or are you talking about a rally? Or are you What are you talking about here? The protest that was apparently held in Yucca Valley, right by the Senior Center in support, according to the article, of the events at the U.S. Capitol. And I just wanted to see what you knew about it. Ken, it seems like it's just a a natural response or outgrowth of uh, people are, are, gosh, a lot of people are really upset right now. You know, a lot of people don't have uh, faith in our electoral system. Shenanigans seem to be going around in various states about uh, the vote count, manipulation, and you know, suitcases uh, packed with, with, with ballots, and, and people are upset about this, and I think rightly so. I mean, I'm not going to pick sides on this thing. I'm not saying that these people are, are necessarily right or wrong, but it does seem like a bunch of, a bunch of uh, skullduggery was at hand. And these people are doing what Americans uh, do best, which is to let the government know loud and clear what they feel or feel like they're not being listened to. And so people go out in street corners, they, they wave, wave placards around, they dress up goofy, they honk horns, make a big show, and then everybody feels a lot better afterwards. It's like some sort of, uh, some sort of release of, of pressure. And uh, I think that's basically what you're, uh, you're looking at. People are frustrated and they're letting off a little bit of steam. And that's totally healthy. And a democracy, well, you wouldn't expect anything uh, anything less. You, you, you'd want to see these things happen. Well, Brendan, you're speaking of, of this event as if you weren't there. I'm looking at the photograph, and there's only about 12 people there, and you're one of them. Uh, wait, where's this? Uh, wait, what, do you, what photograph are you talking about, Ken? The picture of the rally oh, on Wednesday afternoon in Yucca Valley. Let me get to the website. Hold on a second. Let me get to the website. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So there's the picture. Oh. There's the sign for the town well, yeah. of Yucca well, Valley. Well, of course I was there. Ken, of course I was there. I was just there to take the temperature of the citizenry of Yucca Valley, of the valley. And I just wanted to see what was going on, get the feel of things, see how things are progressing. And, uh, you know, I maybe I got snapped in a picture with some people. But I was just there to see what was going on, just like anybody else, Ken. You've got one of these stop stop the steal flags that you're waving. Mm, stop stop the steal. Did there's I'm I'm holding a flag. I don't remember holding any flag, Ken. What are you wearing like this fur you got a fur hat? Stop stop the steal. Ken, I'm holding a flag. You know, we are standing there. You're talking around with a bunch of people, and they're pushing things on you, and they're handing you leaflets, and they're handing you flags, or they're handing you, you know, a tight-fitting leather jacket you're supposed to wear to make them happy, or whatever you do. You do whatever you got to do to fit in, and you know, be amenable to people. You know, when somebody's talking to you, why, why you you repeat the things that they say, uh, you mimic their emotions. 
you, yeah, you talk and act like they do. If they got a southern accent, well, then can maybe you turn it on just a touch. You know what I'm saying? But it's just something you do when you're there with a group of people. You just kind of try to blend in. I, I guess that's what happened. Someone handed me a flag. I don't know what the flag said on it. If it had a picture of that snake all cut up or the one with the boot standing on it, I'm not sure exactly what they handed me, but... You know, in an opportune moment, somebody came by and snapped a photo. That's all I can say. So you don't have any political position here, is what you're saying? My political position, Ken, is always economic. That's what it comes down to. It's about the economy, stupid. So what we got, not that you're stupid or anybody's stupid, but it's about the economy. So politics is the economy. Economy is politics. The business of America is business. That's the way I see it. So I'm going to pick whatever side I happen to be on at that particular moment. And I, I think that's healthy for democracy, Ken. I'm a compromiser. I'm right down the middle. If one side's way off to the right, the other side's way off to the left. I want to be hated by both sides and loved by both sides equally. So I, I, the money is. I understand. I understand. Is you're you're trying to run the middle, but what I don't understand is what's with hard balancing on these fences, Ken. You know what's with the the fur hat and the horns, and you got your shirt off. I mean, I don't. Ken, the hat was that horned hat that you're speaking of is a left. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. All right, and it's a long Norse tradition to wear your Skligador helmet into any sort of perceived festivities or battle situation. And I guess the Packers had uh, quite a decisive win over that other team. I have uh, friends from the area, Ken, some family living there. We're we're not descended from uh, the Vikings per se, but Ken, Everybody knows if you're going to fight COVID, you got to have a strong immune system. That is the basis for good health and getting through this thing is taking care of your own health. What's the fundamental building block of human beings' immune systems? Well, it's vitamin D. Vitamin D is the thing that's going to save us. Vitamin D and to a lesser extent, vitamin C and zinc and other supplements and uh, various colonic regimens are going to save us. But the most important one is getting sunlight on the skin. And I was just, it was a beautiful day. The sun was out. My vitamin D count has always been low. It's genetic deficiency I have. I don't know why I have it. But I was just trying to absorb as much sunlight as absolutely possible. And it was a gorgeous day, Ken. 72 degrees, full sunlight. I'm out there. And hey, this is America. I mean, gosh, Ken, you remember the 70s. We grew up then. Everybody was going shirtless. Guys would walk shirtless around town all the time. You could go down to the beach today, and there's people frolicking out in the water, and they're wearing, like, long pants and a long sleeve T-shirt in the water. What are you doing? It's unhealthy, and more importantly, Ken, it's a little un-American, don't you think? I mean, part of being an American male is the ability to take your shirt off or the ability to urinate in any public place, you know, with discretion, because you can, you're a guy. So you do these things. If we don't do these things, Ken, you're going to take the right away from us. So is it a, a fear of some sort of personal rights being taken away that has drawn you to, say, a, a public protest like this? We all know about the mob mentality, Ken. We all know what can happen when a group of people get together and things get just a little bit out of hand. There's like some sort of a force, some sort of a higher power 
that takes over the whole group and people end up doing things that maybe they're a little bit embarrassed about later or they wish they wouldn't have done but the whole group was going for it they were all moving on moss as like a unified force or something and uh, it's exhilarating and it can kind of take you by surprise and take you over and lead you to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do like let's say at a rotary meeting i'm a gosh i i wouldn't get up in front of the rotary club a shirtless with a with a horned sclaugar hat on and make some sort of crazy uh, pronouncements about a president or politics or whatever. Well, they, they tar and feather me and send me out of town. A number of the, the protesters climbed onto some of the tourist cars that I guess were leaving the national park. And or what, what incident are you talking about, Ken? You're talking about an incident where, oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about that caravan of rock, of rock climbers that came at us and drove into our group and screaming and honking and calling us traitors and all sorts of names, calling us racists and all this other garbage. They were the aggressors. They drove into us. They are the ones who pulled off the highway and into our parking lot at the senior center and started harassing us. Now, if people wanted to stand, stand up for their rights and stand up their beliefs and shout right back at those people, then that's what happens, Ken. Mm. I mean, that's democracy in action right there on the streets. Now, there was one vehicle that was reported in the altercation, and this was a, a young family with two kids in car seats in the back, and uh, it says in a Subaru Outback. It was a Forester. And did your group... Well, first of all, this group of senior citizens who were protesting what they believed to be an illegal action by the state electoral boards has... I'm not affiliated with these people. I was just driving by. I was going down to the I was going down to the mailbox place to check my mail, doing all my typical rounds, stop by the alkali water store, get my supply of alkali water, doing all the things I normally do, check in on my various business enterprises down the nail salons that I have set up. And I drove by the senior center and I saw a couple of people that I knew, some former business associates who are now retired, and I thought I'd go by and just see what was up and i just came by and i was talking to them and uh well you know one thing leads to another and people get agitated and as you know old people can get real frustrated and they're in pain a lot of times ken that's the kind of thing you gotta remember these people are they're hurting they're in actual physical pain all the time that makes you a little ornery you know what i mean and so maybe they were uh, angry about a lot of things and uh, this whole mood of uh, anger and uh and uh, more importantly, the idea that somehow their vote was stolen from them or they were cheated somehow it really gets people upset. So, you know, maybe people got a little uh, excited. But, uh, you know, at least they were outside, Ken. They got outside. They were getting sunlight. They were hanging out together. They were with their friends. I think that's uh, a really nice thing in this time of COVID where we're locking old people up indoors. We're letting them out. And uh, they're getting out there and they're engaging with the public. Everybody was wearing masks. It was safe, Ken. So, Do you think that the pandemic and especially the lockdowns is what's causing this civil unrest around the country and right here at home? Ken, when you get right down to it, this is the kind of reaction you'd expect. And I'm surprised more people are surprised that people are acting out. When you sever the ties that bind us, when you cut people off from each other and lock them up in their houses, don't let them go out, 
don't let them have their businesses open, cut off their supply of income, cut them off from their friends, cut them off from their family, don't let anybody gather. We're social creatures, Ken. And if you cut off the main component of being a human being, which is social interaction, what you're gonna get is social disruption. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing social disruption brought about by our so-called elites or betters, our rulers, as they tend to think of themselves, telling us how to live our lives. And that's frankly, it's a little fascist and very un-American. You know, Ken, we fought a, a huge war against the fascists in Germany and Italy and for these very reasons, people trying to tell you what to do and how to live your life and what to think. And frankly, a lot of good red-blooded Americans are, are sick to death of it. They're seeing uh, suicide rates go up, drug abuse go up, overdoses go up, all these horrible things happening. Kids flunking out of school, falling way behind. And quite frankly, they've had enough. And I think these, uh, these protests are a, a valid expression. Uh, a valid expression of the American, uh, this is a valid expression of the American will to live. That's how I see it, Ken. This is the will to live, to live their lives. Would and that's you, what you're saying. Would, would you uh, go so far as to say that for, say, the uh, mass protest of last summer? Well, that's the other side of it, Ken. A lot of this is political showboating. And the politicians of both sides are taking advantage of people's real pain, real concern, real deprivation, and trying to score political points with it. And I just think that's reprehensible. So when your group circled the tourist family and the Subaru, was that what was foremost on your mind? It's not my group, Ken. Like I said, I came across these people. I, I just want to make that clear. That of course, I'm of a course. man of a moment, Ken. You the know, the so. group that you were photographed with. I'm not, okay, that's fair. No. That's fair. Was the idea in your mind that they somehow represented the, um, the elites, I believe you said? Ken, I think it was just a simple physical reaction to having a car, which is basically a weapon, being thrust at your elderly personage at, at a high rate of speed and people getting uh, reacting to that, to being physically threatened, Ken. I mean, sure, there are, it's a, you say it's a family with two kids strapped into the back, but you, you should have seen a look on this guy's face. I mean, all sweaty and his eyes were like uh, like twin steel daggers shooting out over the, the very low... Uh, of the Subaru with its flat four opposed four motor. Great sight lines, great car, uh, but you could really reveal the, uh, the anger and uh, the hatred on this man's face. And I, I seriously think he was coming in there to, uh, to hurt somebody. According to the CHP report, the entire incident took place at the red light. So they were on the highway westbound and you all were on the curb but apparently encircled the car and began beating on it guys yeah i uh you know in the heat of the moment you're not really sure where you are or what's going on or what's happening you, you just know that you, you have to prove your point no matter what ken and so whether or not we were on the curb 
We were up on the sidewalk. We were in the right of way. We were standing on the zebra zone where you're not supposed to drive. I'm not exactly sure the exact placement of the people. We were, to me, it seems all this stuff took place in the parking lot. I was pretty sure this happened in in the parking lot out front. And he drove up and uh, came around the little island that's, uh, you know, the, the island that separates the trap from going in and out. And then he, he whipped around left really hard right past the bank and came right at us. And I was pretty sure this occurred. Now, there might have been another incident out in the street, perhaps, right on the other side of the that little strip that's got the crushed up rock in it and the cactus in it on the other side out in the street. But I'm pretty sure this occurred in the parking lot. Now, you had fled before law enforcement arrived, if I'm following you here. Well, fled, it makes... Ken, what are you talking about? Fled, like I said, I, got, I had things to do that day. I had to go to the nail salons and collect my my rent. And I had to... There were a lot of things I had. I had to go to the alkaline water store to get my anti-cancer water. I had a lot of things I had to do that day, and I just went about my business. It seemed like uh, the little little party that they had in the corner was breaking up, and I just went on my way. I'm about to flood the scene. I mean, heck, they got a photo of me. Nobody's called me. Nobody's contacted me about anything. You're the only one who's contacted me about this. I, I don't know what the problem is. So, Brendan, perhaps to your point about so many of these outdoor protests being a way for people to get out of the house under lockdown and get fresh air and see members of their community and etc. Shortly after this event in Yucca, there was a counter-protest in Joshua Tree. Sure, I know those people. There's, look, there's good folks on both sides. You're in those pictures too. Like I said, Ken, there's good people on both sides. We've got to work together. There's got to be some sort of compromise that we can all reach. And that's what's missing in our lives, Ken. The ability to see somebody that we think we're diametrically opposed to. Look at them, see all the ways that we're similar, and move forward from there, Ken. We gotta be talking to each other. We gotta be, uh, we gotta be respectful of each other's viewpoints. We gotta listen, we gotta talk, and we gotta come to some sort of compromise. It's the only way we're gonna get things done. So I kinda see myself as an ambassador, an ambassador for the business interests of the Valley. I'm always trying to, to get people an economic advantage in their lives, trying to better their lives, trying to increase their income, trying to increase their place in society, trying to make everything a better place. That's what I do, Ken, you know that. I'd be in front of the saloon and I'd be talking to all, all of my friends over there too and, and then finding out what they think. And hopefully I can find a point right in the middle between both sides and just stick to it. Because that's where the money is, Ken. It's in the middle. You know that from real estate. It's not in the high-end market. It's not in the low-end market. All the money's in the middle. People have different opinions about vaccines. Some people say that it's a great way for uh, people to... It's a great way to eradicate horrible diseases that kill people and cause children disabilities and all this other stuff. Other people say it's government plot and they're injecting microchips into you and trying to control your thoughts. Ken, I don't know. I don't know what the real deal is. I'm not a doctor, Ken. Well, a lot of people are describing the times we're in as unprecedented and having this kind of constant roiling turmoil. How do you see oh, this? Man, you remember the 60s and the 70s, or at least you've read about it. This is nothing compared to that time. Boy, you want to talk about royal? We had political assassinations. Come on now. 
This time is nothing. This is a walk in the park. 